0: we got another one.
1: <laughs> God. Where do they find these people? Overpriced private schools? Hmm. I mean, I know one person who attended Harvard, and she wasn't a total asshole. Um, but I think she might be the exception. Probably. so
0: yeah our boy Jason fucking Furman is at it again um and I do have to say it is nice that he's being vocal on Twitter because I was getting a little worried that we were not going to be able to replace Larry now that Trump's gone or will be
1: Mm. (laughs) so um he's obviously got some very shall we say galaxy brain ideas. Oh yeah. And it's
0: worth mentioning this guy had Larry's job as chair of the Council of Economic Advisors under Obama. He was the shitlib who was like the chief architect of his stimulus policy and all the things that we rag on in our Patreon special. It's all Obama's fault.
1: Yeah. I. This is Just as Biden was the architect of misery, um, back in the 80s and 90s, um, this guy was one for our generation. (laughs) Jesus fuck. So he put out- So! (laughs) So he put out a thing
0: on, um, Foreign Affairs- Called The Crisis Opportunity, What It Will Take to Build Back a Better Economy. And it's... (laughs) I want to know what planet he's on. Mm. I really do.
1: I mean, a lot of it sounds like, you know, the basic sort of uh, boring... Um, political bromelais that all of these fucking freaks make. Like, they recognize that there is a problem. They're not that deluded. But... Ugh. It's like, he is so obsessed with this means testing bullshit. Um, he wants to tie the unemployment extension to, um, what was it? Oh, and state government aid. State and
0: local government oh. bailouts. He wants to tie that to, yeah, unemployment.
1: Not just, um, local unemployment, either. National. I mean, it's like, in the pre-show we were kind of debating, like, could you, um... How far could you really take you free before it's completely unrepresentative of reality Um, and not just mostly unrepresentative of reality? Um, You know, where like 50, 60, 70% of people are out of work, but the you free rate is. Um five percent because all of those people fell off and so nobody needs any assistance anymore. Um Or like what we have now where the <laughs> you know
0: unemployed God. to population ratio is like thirty two percent, but the Overy says it's eight. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's that's kinda of what I was thinking there. It's it's deeply diseased. Oh yeah. And it's it's
0: He's just, and he's just <laughs> assuming, like, like I think my favorite, along with the stupid fucking means testing, is that he's just so out to lunch. Like he's acting like. I mean, he starts it off
1: by saying, "In 2009, the worst of the recession was still to come. The unemployment rate was rising." The stock market was falling, and the sense of day to day crisis was palpable. Today, in contrast, the unemployment rate is falling, the stock market is strong, and the country's economic problems, although large, don't have the house on fire character that prevailed back then. Oh,
0: <laughs>
1: dude. <laughs> The,
0: the house isn't on fire because it's smoldering rubble.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, there was a very heroic helicopter drop of money in, like, March and April to basically stop the economy from completely shitting itself. So obviously that means that everything
0: is fine oh and GDP is still up even though the US bundles Wall Street into GDP and whether Wall Street should be in there is quite the topic for debate among economists (laughs) it's like theoretically according to the textbooks banks don't add value they just distribute capital
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So, you know. But look, we created mutual value for all of our shareholders. Uh, we, we passed the briefcase um, to each other um, so many times. We have infinite utils, and that's why, you know, economies like Germany and China just can't keep up with our lack of economic contractions.
0: just all of it is so like i mean that just by itself is like where the hell has he been that we've got record Mm -hmm. like unemployment insurance filings we've got like reports from across the country that like the number of people on the edge of starvation is at like an all-time high Like, the percentage of people who are on the verge of getting evicted is just appalling across the country. Mm -hmm. But apparently we're doing better than we were in 2008
1: and 2009, somehow. Well, I mean, all of these reports to the contrary are the result of Trumpist records. Oh,
0: you know, it's easy to say all these things as long as you just talk about macro numbers and you don't actually say a damn thing about the real economy which he doesn't. Like, he gives some nods to, like, tourism and travel, but it's... Ah. It's just... Wow. Um, Nothing about fossil fuels up and dying. Nothing about the fact that supply chains are in the process of figuring out what the fuck up is going to be now. Um, No mention of that. This, like disease causes permanent damage in many cases and that's going to be a recurring economic cost and you know he's also the only galaxy brained moron who's like well maybe infrastructure spending wouldn't be such a great idea right now it's like have you been outside of the ivy league you stupid fuck have you seen (laughs) this thing called fucking market street san francisco broadway New York, Main Street, Anytown, USA.
1: I mean, it, it's like the, um, it's like how that weirdo from, uh, from you know, New York City comedy Twitter became, like, the main character for a few minutes. Where she was all, you know, bodegas. You don't have those in your, um, blighted little dot york city towns he's like that except like boston pretty much it's uh.
0: (laughs) (sighs) like i mean at least he gets that deficit hawkery's bullshit but it's just oh and here's the real kicker is this last one
1: towards the end (laughs) This aspect of the pandemic is especially concerning because the U.S. And economy never fully recovered from whose the Whose fault is that, Jason?
0: <laughs> whose fault is it that the economy never truly recovered? Whose fucking plan was that? You stupid shithead.
1: It was the fall of the Republican records and... That's why I'll never claim responsibility for anything. Now, if you'll excuse me, I gotta teach microecon to, like, the future ghouls of America. Class... The class of 2024, or 2025, we're there yet? I bet he's
0: really hating himself that he didn't manage to secure that defending Nestle from slavery. Gig that Obama's like solicitor general picked up. I, I bet he's just oh. really <laughs> handing himself for that. <sighs> yeah, welcome to
1: Chop Shop. <laughs> we read this shit so you don't have to. I'm Miss Silver, um, and there's the doc. Um, that doesn't work very well. Um, I like over audio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I keep forgetting that we don't like, you know, record our screens or anything. So yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Anyway,
0: um, as a reminder, if you like our rambling and want to hear us like cuss at Barack Obama or um, swear at the Fire Festival people. Um, drop a fiver in our Patreon at patreon.com slash chopshopeconomics.
1: And if my microphone and all that stuff sounds really shitty to you, that's because I had to change my setup. Um, If you pay on the Patreon um, for long enough, not only will you cover our hosting bill, um, you will also cover new equipment for us so that I don't sound like I'm in a tunnel or completely fucking blown out. Ah. So. Guess that gets us to
0: (laughs) top of the fold. Yeah. So. um, And this brings to mind Patrick garatha's like brilliant tweet thread where he talked about the sorry gathara i'm sorry I'm, no, i am no, i'm miss saying it but anyway but that brilliant tweet thread where like a kenyan journalist and cartoonist talked about the u.s election using the same tropes that american media applies to africa and you know
1: the the one that killed me was The one where they tried to do a Live Aid concert in Kenya um, to save us from ourselves. (sighs) And it comes to
0: life on the pages of Bloomberg.
1: Bloomberg Mm -hmm.
0: on November 24th released their COVID Resilience Ranking, which ranks, like, 53 countries based on their responses to COVID-19. And ranks the United States which currently has the highest death toll um uh, every state except Hawaii reports that covid is spreading uncontrollably and it is wreaking havoc on society the economy and everything else in ways that have only just begun to unfold that in spite of all that the United States is number 18 ahead of countries like Egypt whose largest death count daily ever was like 97 people Switzerland um, <laughs>
1: the which has twice the cases but isn't completely out of control. <laughs> um, it's just amazing. Um, it's and they were like, well, you know, they're really they're supposed to be like eleven points down on this. Um, but we've decided that because the U.S. is funding. Um, vaccines, which to our minimal credit, we are. Um, and we got two candidates approved. Go us. Um, um, and so that, that alone is why we have a better response than Egypt, than um, Ireland. Yeah, um, I just, wow. Like, it's, it's amazing. I will
0: give them this much, they didn't try to fudge us past Sweden. I mean, I have no idea Mm -hmm. why Sweden's in the top 20, because they just went full on fuck it, let the poor die. (laughs) Which got the UK down to number, like, 28 on the scale. But yeah, when you actually drop the US down to the level that Bloomberg says the US should be at...
1: Without we vaccine funding, right between um, Malaysia and Turkey, which um, they uh, their economies are more of a train wreck than ours right now because they have less of a margin for error, um, and also Turkey has like we'll you know uncountable um, domestic problems. Oh yeah. Um, but they aren't as fucked as we are, case-wise. Um, we're, uh, they're not, you know, in active, uncontrolled spread mode. Um, which is amazing. Amazing. We're doing better than Saudi Arabia, though! <laughs>
0: <sighs> the, yeah. Uh, it's, this is some real grating on a curve here. This is, like, Ivy League legacy admissions bullshit, and Mm -hmm. it directly Mm -hmm. is at odds with reports like this lovely one that popped up on Yahoo Finance on November 28th, where, uh, Dr. Andre Campbell, a trauma surgeon at Zuckerberg San Francisco General Hospital, Mm -hmm. Zuckerberg needs to get his name off that hospital, by the way. He he needs to get his name off a lot of things, but he can start there. Um, but, uh... (laughs)
1: <laughs> Definitely.
0: The um, Campbell was warning, "quote We could be facing an apocalypse by Christmas because of what is happening with respect to the growing numbers of hospitalizations. Ninety thousand is a lot, but what if we have one hundred fifty thousand? Those of us who take care of patients are really concerned about it. And this, by the way, is in the context of cases are spiking across the country." And we haven't actually seen anything from Thanksgiving yet.
1: Yeah. It's, there's, um, well, we should be seeing that, um, we should be seeing, like, first symptom cases around now. Around now. Um, (laughs) um, and by next week, um, it will be in full bloom and we will be in full super-spreader mode, and our our rankings on Bloomberg's um, massively whooped chart will finally sink to where they belong. <laughs> when the medical system just
0: completely implodes. Um Mm-hmm. this by the way is why the whole fucking debate about the economy or the virus is so damn stupid because the people who are seriously making that argument don't seem to understand this thing called large numbers of people dying from a deadly disease will shoot your economy in the fucking face repeatedly <laughs> you dumb fucks <laughs>
1: god it's it is amazing it's amazing they they have this idea that somehow somehow um number will come and rescue them from their fucking failures and i i swear to god it's like at this rate you know biden's gonna own this fucking virus (laughs) because there's no
0: relief coming Mitch is still yeah. being a, a shithead or the most successful deep entryist sleeper agent
1: ever. Um So did you hear about like how they're going to do a bipartisan um agreement, um which has among other things that liability waiver again. Um, the beatings will continue the, Morale will never improve I don't I don't even think they would care If morale did improve Um, At this rate It's It's fucking amazing These These people are allowed to like Just run things <sighs> So this is This is why I'm an anarchist Nobody can tr- be trusted with power. Nobody.
0: Especially not the fucks who run both political parties.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like, have you seen all the failed children that they've stacked up? Like, it, there, this cannot be a functioning society. It, the entire thing runs on historical inertia. That's literally it. As for. Sort of fucking god. That kind
0: of actually gets it's us so to pathetic. Biden's big announcement that he's like, "Behold, my economic brain trust, who are all holdovers from the Obama team, mm-hmm. who gave us the economy that gave us Trump."
1: Um, one of them, um, the OMB person is going to be near a Tandon, or at least that's the first one they're floating. Um, you know, Twitter main character, um, but if you're an old head, you probably remember her as the woman who was like, um, we'll get Libya to pay for their reconstruction by basically stealing all their oil. Um, like, you know, they should pay for their NATO airstrikes by just giving us their oil. Um, I'm fairly certain that was like
0: Plan B after uh, several people it, at her shithead think tank said, no, Nira, there's no possible way that you are going to get away with securitizing open-air Libyan slave markets. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fuck. Um she's also um she was also um how to put this a real cheerleader for cat food one and two. Um she was the one who tried to basically sell it to progressives we weren't particularly impressed at the time, and we're not now. Um, Yeah. Like, there's definitely like, all the
0: fucking left podcasters are going at her knives out, and there's definitely plenty who are better equipped than we are to do it in our weekly update. So... Oh,
1: yeah. I mean... But she's only one of these losers. Oh, yeah. And apparently she was, like, a sop to the, um to the left. Um, Why? Apparently, <laughs> I I don't know. I think it's, I think they genuinely, um, uh, the person who broke the story um, believes that it was not intentional. Um, that they really do believe this. Oh my god. Uh, I can't decide which is funnier that... You know, they decided, you know, fuck you, um, drop dead is the appropriate response to their left flank. Or if, uh, we gave you what you wanted, we elected, um, neoliberal ghoul and Twitter main character Neurotandon, um, to the OMB, um, we gave you what you wanted, uh, we gave you one of our, your movement leaders aren't you happy? Like, it's, yeah. And the
0: rest, <laughs> are no better. the rest of these people are no better. These are all holdovers from the policies that got us into this shit show of a situation. And, you know, yeah. it, it's nice that Biden is clearly telegraphing that nothing will change is definitely going to be how he runs the show. But, I yeah. think it's you know, we gotta remember, until January sixth when the Georgia s- the runoff elections get resolved, this is all hypothetical.
1: Oh yeah. Like these are the ones they're floating. Um and it may be that they they're thinking of floating someone who's like even more demonic for um for the OMB. Um or for Treasury Secretary, um, I mean, Yellen is. She's an okay choice. Uh, there are worse. Oh, yeah. there are worse. Um, they could put Larry Summers back in. Oh, totally. There's definitely
0: worse people, but at this point, it's you know, it's showing what their high bar is, and yeah, we shouldn't really be expecting that to get better. Especially when Joe Manchin <laughs> is going to be the one holding the veto over all appointments, assuming that both the seats in Georgia flip. And if they don't, then we're either going to see a lot of acting secretaries for a while, which is going to be all kinds of fun, yeah. or Biden's going to appoint a bunch of fucking shit ass Never Trumper Republicans to appease Mitch McConnell.
1: Yeah. Um, basically, he will find, like, the people that the Trump administration rejected for... No, this one's too ghoulish to be, um... Well, he's just too ghoulish to, you know, be confirmed, even um, under Trump. They'll just confirm those for Biden. Yeah. <laughs> They'll find, like, you know, some... Some you know total fucking mamam worshiper for um, for Fed chair and um, and Treasury secretary and OMB and just you know stamp out like ten identical copies um, loaded you know the the same vat that, that like uh, Mayor Pete came out of um, yeah they'll just they'll just make one um, I don't know maybe maybe they could borrow the labs at Eden um who
0: knows but that's for now it's hypothetical now after you know when shit starts getting closer to you know confirmations actually happening we'll definitely give you a much deeper dive on some of these ghouls but for now you know watch this space
1: yeah and it's like it is intensely funny to watch these fucking people go um we didn't know that she was so horrible online. Um, we thought she was a movement leader for you people. Um, is it near-tending on the left? Uh, you know, this, uh,
0: left of Biden does uh, not mean on the left.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus
0: Fuck. speaking of, that gets us over to some very lovely things happening in the world of direct action.
1: Oh, yeah. So.
0: So, the, fir- the big one that's come down is and this was reported on left voice and has since bounced around a lot is uh india had a one-day general strike um reported on november 27th in protest against the right-wing fascist government of narenda modi um and something like over 200 million people walked out of the job to participate like that's got to be the biggest strike in
1: history just by sheer yeah. number of people. If not, it's pretty fucking close. Um, I don't know how how the fuck you get 200 million people except basically in India or China. Um, yeah. And
0: it's... Granted, <laughs> a one-day strike is much more of a symbolic thing than something that's going to actually, like, put capital's nuts in a vice,
1: but... That's quite a flex. Yeah, and it's like there's nothing saying they can't do it again. Um, Partly because it's like they've proven they can do it once. Um, So they can probably do it again, and again, and again, and again, until they get... Until they get, at the very least, concessions or they get the fall of the oh, this damned regime.
0: Um, hint, hint to American and British workers, by the way. Mm-hmm. This is an option.
1: And while it does take a little more coordination, well, a lot more coordination to get um, a longer general strike going, because, you know... You know, if you take one for, like, a couple of weeks, you gotta start replacing some of the functions you're striking against. Um, you know, expropriating um, businesses to keep, um, you know, critical go- goods flowing, and things like that. Um, I mean, that's, uh, but, like, at the same time, you know, that's possible. Yeah. It opens the space of possibilities.
0: And that's awesome. And speaking of possibility, we have Care Jacobin. As of November thirtieth. Workers at Amazon's new Bessemer Alabama warehouse have filed for a union election. Wow. Like, I'm not sure if that's an absolute first ever at an Amazon worksite. Um and there's nothing stopping Amazon from turning around and pulling a Walmart or a Starbucks and just shutting down the location and laying everybody off. But, you know, the fact that they were even able to clear that hurdle is... Yeah. That takes a lot of work and a lot of yeah. organizing, and especially when... You've got Jeff Bezos doing shit like, no joke, hiring the Pinkertons to get at it again and bust the
1: union. Yeah. They've got... Uh, whole departments dedicated to hiring, you know, strike breakers and all sorts of other fun things, like... The reason they've thrived during this whole thing is they have basically a captive audience now. Like, if you can't go to Walmart, you have to go to Amazon, I mean, no. and and on the other end, it's like, well, Amazon's one of the few jobs that's running right now because logistics, um, and so you're kind of fucked aren't you? (laughs) Yep.
0: So, good Uh, luck to them down there. Next, you're going to run through the whole NLRB election thing, which is just fucking awful. Yeah. Like, let's be real, the process is really stacked against the union at this point.
1: Yeah. Um, Maybe the incoming administration can help, but I don't know. And in any case, like, really, they have they're going to have to win it for themselves. Um, but I'm sure they've got, like, strike funds and such. Um, or they're trying to assemble such. Um. So that's the
0: way you really win. hmm Like, remember, the first unions weren't started by going to the Department of Labor and saying, we would like a union, please. They were decided by going, so fuck the scabs, fuck the bosses. We're shutting this shit down for a while.
1: Mm -hmm. And um, these, uh, speaking of strikes, they've been happening in Germany, um, where...
0: (laughs) (sighs) Um, And there's been some success so far in Germany, mm -hmm. uh, which is the second largest market for Amazon after the U.S., Um, yeah. there's been, and this is like an increasingly global thing going on. Yeah. This kind of large scale Amazon organizing. And hopefully, you know, good luck to them. More power to them. We'll definitely be watching.
1: Yeah. And it's like, there's, um, it was like 500 um, out of the 16,000, but, you know, still. Gotta start somewhere. Yeah. And it's like, you know, Amazon just straight up does not take this coronavirus stuff seriously. Um, they take it seriously in that, you know, they'll fashion goods and they'll. Um, It'll be like, oh, we're only gonna ship like coronavirus related goods. So you know, oh, fuck you if you want an Xbox. Um, but that doesn't—that just means that like they found something to profit off of from a captive market. It doesn't.
0: These people are not your friends. Oh no! So keep on organizing out there. Oh, yeah that takes us over to the casino <laughs> oh
1: God um,
0: so everyone probably saw by now that for one brief moment the Dow
1: broke 30,000 points that um, guy who wears um, the denomination hats he finally got to bust out his 30 K hat. For a little while. I mean, I guess
0: I, I guess we could give them like a couple bars of like some stupid Americana nonsense here.
1: <laughs> the Dow Jones will be a hundred thousand when they finally bring the place down. <laughs> Somehow. Of course,
0: we do want to point out, as has been pointed out on Twitter, there was a lovely little bubble that happened after the 1929 stock market crash, and everyone thought that was the end of it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just because the Dow's hitting 30,000 doesn't actually mean the real economy is doing well. I mean, if you're listening to this show, then at this point you must at least suspect that the numbers are wrong on some fundamental level. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm I'm personally going to put my marker down on this is Wall Street's sock money. Yeah. You know, that, that money you keep in your sock when you go to a casino so that you have cab fare.
1: Yeah. And it's like, you know, the Federal Reserve has made it clear that they cannot do another, um, another drop of money the way they did it in March they admitted this like in September um so you know the casino goes bust um they're kind of fucked which to remind
0: everyone prospective secretary of the treasury Janet Yellen swore up and down in 2017 would never happen in her lifetime yeah
1: even though... Was it no further ones would happen? Or just... Something like that. No... <laughs> oh my god. That's just tempting fate. At this point, I'm fairly um,
0: certain the only reason we haven't had a new financial crisis was because the Fed shot $9 trillion into space. Like, uh, yeah, that's the only material explanation I could give you for why... The bloody, messy death of the oil industry has not crashed Wall Street through a plate glass window at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, it very nearly did. Um, And to be fair, I do think that...
0: (sighs) Like, it's also possible that at least some banks saw the carbon bubble mm-hmm. coming, and got off the train while it was still on the tracks, but I I yeah. do not think that that would be the case for most of Wall Street, especially since Bank of America has only just recently joined the Fuck Arctic Drilling Crew. Mm-hmm. So, you know... There is a certain level of sunk cost. there is a certain level of these are the fucking fail kids running
1: finance. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, HSBC is apparently ditching US retail banking.
0: So and what's really fun is we've been seeing stuff coming out of HSBC for a while that is best described as them writing off shit and running for the hills
1: yeah this this isn't good
0: <laughs> but this is them going the american market is no longer worth doing retail banking in which is by the way that doesn't mean they've ditched wall street that just means they've ditched your auto loan your mortgage your checking account and all those yeah. other things that they do for ordinary people that can't mm-hmm. afford an isda
1: yeah. So these, um... I mean, it's like, it's not an indicator by itself, but... Yeah, it connect the dots at some point, you know?
0: And this fits with all the other indicators we've seen of capital flight from the US. Yeah. The, like, HSBC is one of the biggest fuck-off banks on the planet for them to be writing off the American retail market is where they've been doing business for like 40 years, by the way. Mm-hmm. That's really not a good sign, either for them or for
1: the U.S. economy. Yeah. I mean, one would think that they would try and maintain um, their presence, but... Well, they've
0: just been bleeding money on the stateside front. Mm. And the fact that they're now saying, fuck it, we're cutting our losses, but bye America, is... <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, that, that should be something to worry about.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: when one of the biggest banks on the planet, one of the two big to fail institutions, is like, yeah, you're done.
1: Yep. So, um, I think we've beaten that horse, um, enough. <laughs> um,
0: ah, uh, but we got more. We got more <laughs> horses to beat up on.
1: Yeah, different sector,
0: though. <laughs> yup. So, we got, broadly speaking, and this was care of Catherine Trawick, who is the editor covering Climate Power and Renewables for Bloomberg, It reported on November 30th that the oil supermajors, who were talking like pillars of energy, oil production, all that since fucking forever... Are now being surpassed in their market cap by renewable energy companies.
1: Yeah. Like, first, like Exxon it's... gets knocked <laughs>
0: off the Dow, and now they're going neck and neck with Next Era.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: Whew. that's, yeah. There, there's no coming back.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm starting to think that maybe we're going to start seeing, like, oil shortages because of, like, this permanent depletion of capacity. Um, and, like, that's... You know, so Trump is trying to, like, sell off... Um, drilling rights in the Arctic Wildlife National Reserve um which is like I I probably
0: no one's buying like no one wants that shit they know they can't
1: make a profit off of it anymore yeah um and like all five of the majors were like no, we're not touching this.
0: Yeah, none of Walls- Wall Street wanted nothing to do with it. Like, Trump even tried to take them to court to force them to lend money to the super majors. <laughs> it went about as well as you could expect, since his legal team writes exclusively in crayon or something. Yeah. I don't know. There's that kid in the corner that eats paste. What's his name? Giuliani? Mm hmm.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, so it's like. It is amazing. Um, they seriously think that, like, they're going to restart the oil sector just based on Trump's say so. And, I mean, to be fair, a lot of these um, oil ghouls have been gunning for the noir for, like, almost as long as I've been alive. Easily easily, and now that they finally have it, it turns out that nobody wants
0: oil. <laughs> and, and meanwhile, there's various sources, and this was reported in the Wall Street Journal, inside Exxon, that their internal documents regarding what they expect to happen with the price of oil in the near future are way more pessimistic than what they're Actually, telling investors or the public um, (laughs) that they're expecting like eleven to seventeen percent like cuts in terms of what they were expecting of for the price of oil over the next seven years, at least. (sighs) And they're also (laughs) expecting this is going to be what it is for the next decade, and you know that's going to put things sitting between 40 to 50 a barrel which is way too low for fracking or arctic drilling or new offshore drilling to be profitable like expansion yeah, is not I mean possible. it's like
1: my understanding is they want the arctic stuff for um well, because it's like it's relatively not nasty um I mean, it's, you know, obviously it's nasty for the environment, but it's not like, you know, Bakken or, you know, some of the other really garbage plays that just don't work anymore. Um, oh, yeah. It would be like the good old days again, except that, you know, it would basically be destroying Alaska's North for no good reason.
0: And um, the number of barrels in that's estimated to be in an Anwar is like probably is like so freaking low that you could save more fuel in America by replacing everybody's tires. yeah it's pretty like it's a Hail Mary <laughs> from an industry that is built on always being able to expand. and it just keeps getting worse because as of December 1st, time of recording news has come out through cnbc that opec has failed to maintain their production cut agreement which they reached after saudi arabia and russia ground each other's dicks for sausage meat
1: yeah it is amazing
0: and and for those Um, who need to brief catch-up the production cuts that opec does are meant to keep the price of oil up by reducing the supply that's entering the market so that they can't do that that they can't hold firm on keeping the price up and are getting ready to start knifing each other Mm because you know if they're not going to hold to an agreement then it's anyone's ball game as to who's going to drop the bar first and throttle the price of oil for their competitors Like, it really just comes down to who does it first. Yeah. Like, Exxon and all the rest of them are gonna be crying.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't see... This is just deeply dysfunctional. Um, Like, they've got... They've got oil sitting at around... $47, $45 Forty-seven, forty-five dollars a barrel, um, depending on what you want. And while that's you know better than it was in the early days of the crisis, that's not sustainable. It's more sustainable than like twenty-dollar barrel, but forty-five. No, that's still that's still pretty bad.
0: The Gulf powers can get away with that. Sort mm-hmm. of. Um, American oil is going to be in for a bad time, and Russian oil is mostly not competitive
1: at those levels. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, they've still got the, the gas fields, but that's a separate subject. And natural gas is a lot trickier to transport and use. Um Given that, you know, any super tanker um, with a full natural gas tank is a huge fuck off fuel air bomb. Oh yeah.
0: There's all kinds of challenges with that. So it's, yeah, if you're still in fossil fuels and you are listening to this podcast, Our totally non-professional advice at this point is what the hell's wrong with you?
1: (laughs) (laughs) To be clear, you know, don't try to get clever, either. Um, The market can remain irrational longer than you can remain solvent.
0: Yep. Especially this market. (sighs) I guess that gets us to transplanes and taxi cabs.
1: Oh, yeah. So, where do we start? Um, Well, for a short one to cover,
0: and this is not news for those who have been following it more closely, but this is one that's just come across our desk, care of your active, um, that the EU is now aggressively pursuing a trade deal with Mercosur, which is a South American trade block, specifically around agricultural commodities. This would Mm -hmm. add Mercosur's agricultural exports to the EU. It would uh, make... Like, it would get more money flowing into that region, coming out of the EU, and it would potentially make things slightly more expensive for anyone like, say, the United States to do business with Latin America.
1: Mm. Wow. Um.
0: (laughs) So, but that's more of what we've been going on about for a while that, guess what, American hegemony's
1: kind of fucked. Yeah. I mean, it's like... On some level, this is like, this is totally normal shit, but the fact that, you know, the U.S. hasn't been butting in and demanding, like, its own concessions or that, you know, the EU not play with Mervis or, you know, whatever half-baked nonsense comes out of Washington, um... the big thing is is that the world has moved on past the need for America. (laughs) And sorry, Jason.
0: We know that you love the idea of another Obama reset, but yeah, ain't happening.
1: And not after the last one just kind of fell flat. A Biden reset it's not happening
0: so yeah uh, the this reset's not happening mhm the uh, it's just so fucking daft that there's this expectation in Biden world that it's just going to go back to 2008 all over again
1: it's going to go back to 2000 because, but uh, because that uh, that's the thing they they genuinely believe that, like you know, the, the world situation under Clinton was just fine, and um, if we could just get back to that, um, you know, just as we got back to um, the the Clinton state of affairs after um, Bush, um, the same will happen under you know, this post-Trump administration. And it's just, no, no, it doesn't work like that. I will give like Biden
0: some, not Biden, sorry. I'll give Obama. I can't believe I was about to give Biden credit for something there. Um, I will give Obama (laughs) some credit that he at least recognized that the American empire was on a glide path to collapse And he at least worked to stabilize American global influence enough that if some, you know, colossal, thundering moron didn't end up in the White House,
1: it would be fine. Yeah. Like, all all he really needed to do was hand off um, control to his trusted advisor and hatchet person. Hillary Clinton, um, who would be able to capably manage the decline um, much as Obama did um, for the next eight years. And then by then um, Clinton would have already picked a successor um, who could be trusted to carry uh, forward, you know, American hegemony for the new era, um, and so on and so forth. At least get
0: into some kind of position comparable to, like, say, the British Empire on the eve of the First World War, of no longer the supreme global power, but still the first among equals. Oh, yeah. Instead of you know (laughs) fenton o'toole writing editorials in the irish press about how the entire world pities the united states and no one fucking trusts us because the republican party is drinking paint um
1: yeah and yeah it's very much it no longer matters. Um, we do not matter to the world. And that's fine. It's just, you know, the Washington Consensus doesn't want to give up. Um, because they still think that, like,. I don't know. Uh, for all I know, they think it's like okay to like have nukes stashed in all of Europe's capitals to stop the Soviet advance or something. Um.
0: <laughs> it, you know, we can't withdraw the legions from the Rhine, or the barbarians yeah. will come to Rome. Yeah, it's yeah, and except the Romans actually had a point there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, we are not allowed to leave Iraq or Afghanistan because we perpetually own those countries and their problems forever and ever. Um, R.I.P. to all of you, but we're different. Um, and the world is taking one look at that and going, "No,
0: you are a dysfunctional I mean, mess. You are the sick man of
1: Earth." Yeah, yeah, the sick man of the West, and I mean, we fucking, I don't know how we managed to do that, but we managed to steal that title from the UK, and that's amazing.
0: Well, speaking of UK, they're now in the last (laughs) sprint to sorting out shit with the EU over Brexit, except for one little (laughs) problem, fisheries. Yeah, so
1: what the fuck happened there?
0: So, and what's really funny about this is the Common Fisheries Policy, which basically sets quotas for how much each country can fish from certain territorial waters, in theory, it's supposed to be there for conservation, in practice, it's so that nobody, like, you know, fishes the oceans dead. Just yeah. mostly dead. Um, Tries to at least keep the overfishing down to a dull roar and keep Iceland and the Royal Navy from getting into a pissing match over Cod again by the way Iceland won that one the pride of the Royal Navy humiliated by the Icelandic Coast Guard hell yeah (laughs) So, you know, this is a thing that's a bit fraught. Like, look up the Cod War. Shit thee not, that was a thing. It's up there with the Emu War in terms of, like, horrific Anglo humiliations. But, um... This is... So that's what kind of makes this funny is that the whole thing with fisheries has since been a bone of contention in a lot of british fishing communities who felt rightly or wrongly that they basically got dicked over by the common fisheries policy and they wanted renegotiation and a lot of these communities back brexit based on that logic now they all have massive buyers remorse because the eu is quite bluntly saying, you know what, if you're not going to reach a good deal over this, one, we're just going to let our members go hog wild in your waters, and there's nothing you can do to stop us, and two, we will also say fuck the rest of the deal.
1: (laughs) Ah, Yeah. I mean, I... You know, it's always going to be something dumb like this, I feel like.
0: And that's going to be the thing, that if nothing else does it, if the U.S. completely belly-flopping on COVID this winter, or any number of other fucking monsters waiting around in the global economic outlook don't jump out and eat something, it's gonna be Brexit. Yeah like, Jason you didn't mention Brexit once in your write-up why did you not mention one of the top ten largest economies in the world pulling a Leroy fucking Jenkins on international trade
1: Jason (laughs) 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 is Jason going to become our main character now that Larry is retreating back to his cocaine palace (sighs) I mean, say what you will about Larry.
0: At least he was entertaining. And we could get, when we got so much mileage out of speculating what he was on when he was giving his conferences. Because, you know, there was no question he was on something. Just what? Like, Jason is, like, (laughs) closer to almost being a worthy opponent because he can actually string a sentence together without slurring. Yeah, we still hate him though. Oh, totally. And he <laughs> and he's not some like hedge fund trader turned pundit. He actually is an economist. So you know, it we have yeah. we've officially graduated from picking our nemesis by trolling local kindergarten classrooms. Um,
1: yeah. So. Are we at our last word? <laughs> yup. Yeah.
0: Uh, so, uh, uh, as y'all can imagine at this point, as we've been sort of hinting and loudly shouting, that we kind of have to wonder... Do the people coming into the White House truly comprehend how bad the situation is?
1: I like, mean, did the people who, uh, the people in the Hoover administration, really grasp it? Like, because we can't say that for Obama. Um, eventually. He did
0: start doing some proto-New deal stuff after the whole murder the bonus army in the streets of D.C. with dugout Doug MacArthur in command and George Patton leading the cavalry to mow down his fellow service members. Um, yeah. Like, you know after he completely face-planted, he recognized that maybe he should change course. Too late to, you know, do anything. But at mm-hmm. least he hit a point.
1: <laughs> and apparently, um, and this drops, like, today, um, McConnell shot down that whole stimulus thing. Um, they were going to do this really, really cocked, like $900 billion um, stimulus plan, which included no direct payments, 300 uh, hiring a week, um, and a liability shield for uh, businesses so that if they infect their workers or whatever, um, they are immune to prosecution. Like, that's just no there's a reason the Democrats have been pushing back against that and I mean as little a spine as the Democrats normally have like I am back them on this
0: um, and it's worth pointing out that the Democrats still need to raise the bar on their proposal more because yeah. we are in a situation where costs are now growing exponentially economic damage is multiplying on every front the longer you go without relief under these conditions the worse it's going to be the more expensive it's going to be to put people back to work the more businesses you'll need to bail out like it's just
1: yeah i mean we need to be shooting like a couple of trillion dollars into the real economy a quarter to keep anything
0: going oh yeah um, especially because the u.s. doesn't have a functional social safety net at all
1: yeah it's all weird means-tested bullshit um because you know fuck the pores
0: and, and you know that's what you know fuckface Furman over here talking about the u.s dropping the biggest stimulus percent for a percentage of GDP of any country, including Germany, is sort of lying with numbers because the reason the U.S. had to do that is because we have no fucking social supports in place for a disaster like this. There is yeah. no mandatory paid leave. Um, extensions of unemployment during a crisis always depend on Congress. Most states operate on balanced budgets, which is just so goddamn stupid under these circumstances, because now they can't borrow and yeah. do things that you need to do in emergency situations like this, when you're talking capitalism anyway. it's We would not have to be shooting so much money into space if... A smaller amount of money, a significantly smaller amount, had been invested in these things, like, say, ten years ago, when there was a supermajority to do these things, and fuckface Furman was writing policy. Yeah. Furman. Like, yeah, this was, this was your job. One fucking job. (laughs) Okay, two, you managed to avoid a Great Depression, good job. That's like, you spelled your name right on the exam.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you shot enough of cash into the economy, you forced enough of the toxic paper out of, like, business books and onto, you know, the treasury books, then eventually, you know, things would recover. Like, that that was the bare minimum and they were like well we just need to make sure that the stimulus uh, isn't like seen by anybody Uh, it should it should be tax cuts it should be like you shouldn't feel like you know we're doing these heroic measures because we don't want to incite panic and it's like you just hollowed out our fucking economies because you didn't want to Inside a panic? It's
0: this kind of stupid shit that got us here. It's. Yeah. Let's remember, this is not just because Trump was a fucking moron and the Republican Party are obviously a bunch of bloodsucking ghouls. I mean, that's. duh. Simpsons has been like dining out on that joke for years now. That's like no shit expecting them to do otherwise is just dumb as fuck and there certainly is no example of that within recent history that went on for two terms now is there um but the democrats at least pretend to care about this thing called society so they have no excuse Either for not recognizing that this stupid West Wing bullshit is a fucking TV show and not political theory. Mm Mm-hmm. And for meeting the
1: GOP halfway when it came to fucking the poor. Yeah. I mean, these people, they just do not give a shit.
0: They would find a way to compromise on legalizing a hunting people for
1: sport. Well, you see, we need to you know, we need to enact like um, tag laws and stuff, and you're supposed to only have a bag limit when you're hunting homeless people, um, and we need. Uh, we need a separate means-tested permit process so that uh, the poors can also hunt um, other poors.
0: Or maybe, you know, instead of making it legal to hunt the poors 365 days a year, we'll just do it one day out of the year, and we'll restrict it to the evening and announce it with these loud sirens so that everybody knows it's time to go on a murder spree. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That way we can limit the damage and, you know, maintain functional society. The other three hundred sixty-four days of the year.
1: That's amazing, um, and that's why you should vote for the revival party um, next year. Um, why are we having an election next year? Um, because it's mandatory. They're going to just coup Biden and install these people.
0: Yeah. So this really begs the question that we're looking at Biden's people. These are all very conventional people. You're seeing the analysis coming from people like Fuckface over here uh, that suggests they have no clue how bad things are in the real economy and that they're just completely lost in magic numbers somewhere. Maybe also with some magic yeah. mushrooms, who knows? I mean it's pretty obvious what Larry's drugs of choice are. Um I wouldn't dare speculate with Fuckface. Yeah. It's so amazing. And like he's pointing to an unemployment number that everybody who knows anything knows is bullshit. pure unadulterated bullshit and then using this pure unadulterated bullshit to justify hacking off people's vital resources
1: yeah I just I'm just I don't know what to say I I hate these people. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. So,
0: I I don't know. I mean, I don't think we can really answer whether or not they really get how bad things are, but the indicators so far suggest that they don't seem to grasp the scale of the crisis, not to the degree and urgency that they should
1: be. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's clear they understand there is a crisis, and even that in some cases there will need to be drastic measures, but as far as, like, comprehensive intervention in the economy, in society, um, in our safety nets, things like that, no. Nothing will fundamentally change, because... They've made such a fetish of this.
0: Yeah. So that's really kind of where we're at is are they really responding to real signals? Are they responding to signals that they've told us and everybody else are real when everyone knows they're bullshit?
1: I think the answer is yes. Yes. Like, Like,
0: barring Joe Biden doing something like forgiving all student debt by executive fiat on Inauguration Day? I'm not seeing anything that suggests that, I mean, maybe they're trying to downplay how bad things are, but at this point, that just feels really irresponsible. Yeah, it makes you seem out of touch, and it's like... You don't uh, tell the cancer patient that they just need to ride their bike more.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, don't lie to us. We know it's we know it's bad. Um, what the people want is to see that something will be done about it, because clearly Trump is incapable of doing anything about it. Um mcconnell is incapable of doing anything about it because ideology
0: <laughs> whether that ideology is he's a soulless neoliberal worm or the uh, unexpected success of the secret deep entries program personally approved by marx and Engels to bring down american capitalism
1: <laughs> I mean, either way, it's like. I. I think that they will genuinely just run American society off of, off of a cliff. And it's not because of any, like, malice or anything like that. Like, I don't believe they're being. Malicious. They just don't get it. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, getting it would require them to internalize premises and conclusions that they don't want to. That, you know, maybe the neoliberal world order doesn't make any sense. Maybe leaving everything up to the market is just a dangerous delusion for Phil, children from harvard it's
0: we'll find out i mean we're already locked into a stimulus that everyone and their mother in the private sector and the federal reserve has been screaming for for the last three months is not happening so We're already locked in to shit going really haywire, especially (laughs) with just all the shit that's happening with COVID. Like, There is significant risk to just basic social stability at this point, and where that's going to leave us by January 21st, who the fuck knows? Just not going to be a better place than where we are right now. How much worse? Uh, No idea.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, I guess that's it.
0: So yeah, from all of us at Chop
1: Shop, good luck out there. Bye, everyone.